0: Come on, let's give Jesus a shout this morning. He is risen from the dead. He's alive forevermore. And we praise you, Jesus, in this place. We praise you. Yeah, we praise you in this place. We worship you, Jesus. Risen from the dead, seated at the right hand of the Father. We thank you. We praise you. We worship you. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. The name above all names. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, we thank you that your name is above every name. In heaven, it's the one name that's above all names, It doesn't matter how great the angels are. It doesn't matter how great all of the saints are that have gone before us. It is your name that is raised and praised above every name. God has given you the name. Jesus. Above every name. On earth, it may not be above every name today. But one day the skies will split and you will return and every eye will see you and the dead will be raised and the living will see you and there will be one centerpiece. You will be that centerpiece, Lord Jesus. Every generation will stand before you collectively in one moment to honor your name and to lift it above every other name in history Lord and forevermore your name will be above all names and even in hell it is the name above every name every knee will bow and surrender to it and acknowledge it whether they do it from the heart or Lord whether they do it under compulsion they will confess that your name is above all names. And we thank you today that we acknowledge that in this place. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 You may be seated. Fantastic. Let's give our musos a big round of applause. What a great, great time in God's presence they brought us into this morning. Absolutely fantastic. Well, Thursday night, as Faye said, we've got Chris... Mickelson with us and the Hillsong. Praise and worship team. And uh, doors opened at 7 for a 7.30 start. Listen, please be here. Please. I understand, you know, sometimes midweek things can get really busy with work and it can be difficult to get childcare. Listen, bring the kids along. We'll work it out along the way. But uh, be here. Uh, We're doing this for you. You know, we really believe that this relationship is part of our journey in this church. So few churches get this opportunity to have Chris and the Hillsong uh, worship team come to their church. We've got a great privilege of hosting them, and we're doing it for us collectively as a church because it is part of our journey. So be here, enjoy it. It's going to be a great night. Are you ready for God's Word this morning? Fantastic. Well, uh, last week, I started out looking from John chapter 8, verse 36, where Jesus made this statement, whom the Son sets free is free indeed. Whom the Son sets free is free indeed. We looked at the words that Jesus used, that word freedom essentially means this, to rule over what's ruling over you. Jesus will give you power inside to rule over what's ruling over you. Is there anything that's hindering you? You've got a right to rule over that. Is there anything that's trying to hold you back? Is there anything that's opposing you as a child of God? On the basis of God's Word, on the basis of the promises of Scripture, According to Jesus' word, you have a right to rule over anything that tries to rule over you. Because you've been set free. If Jesus Christ lives inside your heart, you've been set free. Whom the Son sets free is free indeed. He gives you the right. He gives you the power. He gives you the ability to rule over what's been ruling over you, maybe in the past. You know, maybe there's been behaviors in your past that have got the better of you. Habits, old ways of thinking, attitudes have, have come up. We talked about attitudes, you know, a few, a few months ago and, and said sometimes an attitude can be like bad breath. And, you know, the moment you open your mouth, everybody knows what you've been eating and what you've been eating is not very good. It doesn't, you know, it doesn't take long to begin to know what somebody has been eating in their heart and been digesting in their life. they just got to open their mouth and as they begin to speak, you begin to smell and distinguish exactly what they've been eating, whether it's good or bad. And maybe sometimes attitudes crop up from an old life, from an old way of living and they get the better of you. Listen, don't condemn yourself. Don't beat yourself up. Don't, don't, you know, get down in a corner and, st- and, and think, oh man, I'm a hopeless case. No, you're a saved case that's being sanctified, that's being set apart, that's being conformed more to the image of Jesus today than when he found you, thank God. Tell you, don't beat yourself up. There's no condemnation in Christ Jesus. You are the workmanship of God in Christ. Now, you may not be where you want to be, but thank God, we're not where we were. Hallelujah. But an attitude may crop up and you open your mouth and, you know, you just spill everything everywhere. And we've got to mop the mess up. Well, families are good at that, mopping the mess up. Sometimes I make a mess on the table. And it's great to see my kids come running in with their little, you know, tea towels and dishcloths and sponges, and they mop my mess up. Daddy, you're a messy eater. You've made a mess again. And they take great joy and great pleasure advertising it over the entire house about the mess that I've made and the cleaning job they've done. Now, a good family can handle the mess when we have a bad attitude, when we have a wrong mindset. When we, you know, when our life goes off the rails, that's fine. Because one day my life may go off the rails and I may have a bad attitude and I may need your help. Probably will, definitely will. At some point, just warning you. No, sometimes we walk down life and, you know, we become follower of Jesus and wonderful things happen, but then we begin to revert to the old ways that we've been separated from. We pick up a bad attitude and we open our mouth and everybody thinks, my God, what smell is that coming from you? Well, Jesus helps us to not only, you know, deal with that attitude and deal with those issues of life, And deal with the diet that we're feeding off. He sets us free. He gives us power to rule over what's been ruling over us. That old attitude that's been ruling over you. It's just an attitude. It's not you. It's not you. It doesn't belong to you. It's not part of your life. It's not part of your future. It's not part of the promise that's over you. Just throw it away like like you would a piece of rubbish in the bin just just pick it up pick it out and just say this does not belong to me this anger doesn't belong to me this frustration doesn't belong to me this fear what's this fear doing in here doesn't belong to me Jesus hasn't given me a spirit of fear he's given me love power and a sound mind you see you're free from fear you're free from depression you're free from bad attitudes you're free from anger you're free from all of those Limitations and all of those characteristics that once characterize you, the Bible says, puts it like this old things have passed away. You know, I tell you now, when God declares that an old life has passed away, passed away it is. That's on the authority and the power of scripture. God declares over your life that attitude, that attitude. Those old things that used to characterize you, that that got you in so much trouble, that messed up your relationships, that hindered you in friendships, passed away. Acknowledge that this morning. Acknowledge it. It's passed away. It's gone on the basis of what God said, not on the basis of what I believe, not even on the basis of my experience. It's on the basis of what God has said, passed away, passed away. What do you do with dead people? You bury them. You bury them. You don't go up into the graveyard and dig them up again. Why? Because dead people decompose. And when you ask Jesus into your life, an old life died. It got buried in baptism. Let's not go back and try and dig that old ugly stuff back up. Church, you're free. Jesus has set you free. Free to rule over what was once reigning over you. Free to rule over what had dominion over you. In fact, Paul put it this way. He said, sin shall no longer have dominion over you. The power of sin. All those old desires that led you this way, that way and the other way to a life of destruction. It will not have rule over you. Why? Not because you're good. Not because you're amazing. Not because you've discovered some kind of secret. No, Because Christ Jesus lives in your heart by faith and he will give you dominion over sin to rule over it. You're free. Acknowledge that. Believe that. Speak that. Declare that. Thank God for that. Now, does it mean to say that everything will change overnight? Maybe not. There's some attitudes that have hung around in my life for a long time. I can't talk about your life, but I can talk about mine with good authority from experience. There's some attitudes that have hung around in my life for a long time. Some, some ways of thinking, some ways of talking, some, some ways of doing things. But Jesus, giant by giant, takes them out. Takes them out. In fact, he said it this way one day, which I think is absolutely wonderful. And I remember the Lord just bringing it to my attention. And when God brings something to, it, to your attention, it stays with you for such a long time. And years ago now, he spoke this little scripture into my heart. And it's stayed with me ever since, like something in It's like indelible in your mind, impregnated into your spirit. He says, he said, he said, every, every plant, now he's talking about the heart. He said, every plant that my father has not planted will be uprooted. It will be pulled out by my hand. And he was saying, Dave, he said, he's saying, Dave, there may be stuff in your heart today that I haven't planted. And you're you're looking at it and you're it's a, it may be a good thing. And you're watering it, you're caring for it, you you you're doing everything to ensure that it's gonna grow. But once my hand goes on it, If my father hasn't planted that, it's coming up by the roots, son. And I found great security in that. There is great security in that. In that if there's things in our lives that we can't deal with, just sit back and rest. And just, just realize this. That one day the Lord's hand will go on it and pull it up by the roots. And you will, I'm telling you now, you will reign and rule over every single area of your life. And not even sin will have dominion over you on the authority of God's Word. Amen? So Jesus says, whom the Son sets free, whom the Son sets free is free indeed. You will have power to rule over what's ruling over you or what's trying to captivate you or what's trying to control you. Sudden emotion, erratic feelings, things that put you out of control, you'll have rule over it. It'll come this way, you'll grab it, and you'll throw it out. You'll just throw it out, you'll deal with it. You'll have freedom to rule over what's ruling over you. Whom the sun sets free is free indeed. That word indeed means experience. You will know the power of this freedom in your experience. Your very experience of life will be an expression of freedom in Christ. Freedom to reign in life. Freedom over every fear. Freedom in every crisis. Freedom to go through when everybody else backs off. Freedom to carry on going forward when everybody else is turning around and saying it's impossible. Freedom in your experience. Freedom to take your marriage forward when everybody else is breaking up. Freedom to stay the course. Freedom to be strong and to rise up and do everything that God has told you to do when everybody else is saying it can't be done. Freedom in your experience. Not freedom in theory, friends. So many people have got freedom in in theory. God's not a theorist, He's a practitioner. He loves to bring power into our lives. He loves to liberate us and and empower us to do everything that's in His heart, He puts in our heart, and it becomes an experience of life. Jesus said, Come that you might have abundant life. And we sit in our studies, and we sit in our bedrooms, and we wonder what abundant life is. Abundant life is an experience freedom in your experience when he turns up when he does what only he can do you will know his life and 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 the nearness of his presence and his voice as a certain reality in your day-to-day experience i've come that you might have life and life more abundantly he says whom the sun sets free is free indeed in experience, ruling and reigning over everything that tries to rule and reign over you in your experience of life, of living. And therefore, that's what the Bible calls a blessed life, an abundant life, a soaring life. That's what Isaiah was talking about when when he said, God will give you wings like eagles. You'll run and not grow weary. You'll walk and not go faint. That's a free life. That's a picture of a life that's reigning and ruling over every obstacle, over every difficulty. And that is the life. That is the life that Jesus unpacks in us. You haven't got to maintain your freedom. Have you ever been there? I have. You go to a meeting, lift your hands up, sing songs. You hear great preaching. I believe that. I believe that. And then Monday morning comes and you're trying to hold on to this this fragile freedom. You're trying to hold on to this freedom that, that, that seems so powerless in amidst all of the circumstances and amidst all of the life events that are attacking it. Let's see how free you are. Let's see if you can hold your temper. Let's see if you can stop being aggressive. Let's see if, if, if you're going to be fearful in this situation. And your freedom seems so fragile. Your freedom seems so temporal. And then suddenly your freedom is fleeting. It goes and you're back into default. And you're kicking and screaming and biting and pulling hair and scratching. And that's just me, my friends. I don't know what you do. Freedom is not fragile. Freedom doesn't have to be maintained by you. Freedom is a force. It's a life. It's the spirit of God living in you, controlling you. He's helping you and he will help you. Jesus said, I'll send you a comforter to comfort you over every hurt when life hits you hard and says that your, fr- your freedom is fragile, when life hits you hard and, and, and you're on your back heels and it says that your freedom can't go through and can't go the distance, the Holy Spirit will come along you, alongside you and he'll comfort you and he'll say, oh, come on, Dave, you can do it. Listen, this freedom is real. Jesus has is, is given you me to help you and to aid you and to counsel with you and teach you and to bring you into all truth. The Holy Spirit will empower you. No, this isn't a fragile freedom. This isn't even a freedom that you've got to maintain. When you're free, and free indeed, you just walk in it, you enjoy it. Doesn't mean to say that, you know, everything is plain sailing, of course not. But inside you, there is a power at work that is not you, it is the Spirit of God in you, enabling you to do what you can't do without Him. That's what this freedom is. It really is. You know, I shared the story last week about that little budgie that I owned. I wanted a golden eagle. I had visions in my mind of a gold needle from Scotland. My parents buying me it for my birthday. I told them I had the pictures on the walls. I had all the books. I even had the binoculars. I was a, I was a proper bird watch- watcher. I wanted a golden eagle, or even a kestrel would have done. But my mother bought me a budgie, and I had to keep it in a cage. And I remember that that little budgie hopping around and jumping around and going around on the swing in the cage. And then one day I opened the door. I told you the story and the budgie wouldn't come out of the cage. To my amazement, even though the door was open, freedom, a larger environment, a larger experience to fly in was available to that little bird, but it wouldn't come out. It wouldn't come out of the cage. The cage had become comfortable. The cage had become something that had confined it. It, it, you know, it had run on the little rails of the roof of that cage. It had go on the floor. But it didn't see anything beyond that cage, even though I'd opened the door. What I had to do, I had to put my hand in to the cage. Hold the budgie gently. Bring it out slowly. And then just open my hand And even for a little while, the budgie didn't realize what was available to it because it stayed in my hand. It's amazing how events and situations can stay in your mind and how God can bring them into a moment like this to illustrate a point. Many of us have been in that cage. Some of us today may still be in that cage the doors open it's not closed anymore it was closed but i'm telling you in in it may be today it may be next week or the week after you're going to find the gracious the gracious loving compassionate hand of god going into that area that you feel enclosed in, going into that area that you feel confined by, that nobody can get into, you're going to find the gracious hand of God going into that area and bringing that area out and exposing it to a larger environment where it can flourish, where it can fly. And you, I, Initially, you may be fearful about that. I don't want God to go into that area of my life. He can't use that brokenness. He can't use that hurt. He can't go into that locked area. It's not locked. It's open. His hand is going to go into areas of our life that we may today feel embarrassed by. We may feel today uh, out of bounds to God. No, his hand is going to go in. And he's going to bring them on out and make them beautiful. And the weak areas, mark my words, the weak areas of your life, after they've encountered the freedoms that are in Christ Jesus, are going to become wonderfully beautiful. They're going to become the foremost areas, not the hidden areas, the foremost areas of your life in, in, in relation to being beautiful and wonderful and magnificent. Because that's what he does. Let me turn to Luke chapter 8, verse 43 for a moment. Here's a story of a lady that's certainly not free. You may have read the story before. Real life incident, not theory, a real testimony. It's great to read testimonies in the Bible, not theories or formulas, Real life, real life. And I loved what James said this morning when, when he just, wasn't it fantastic what James said this morning? Absolutely brilliant. I said to him, I said, mate, get another one of them ready. That was fantastic. And just the way he speaks, lovely, lovely spirit. But I love what James said, you know, when, when he said the Bible just isn't a book of, stories that we look at historical events and historical testimonies and happenings but it's almost like a signpost pointing to say look if God did it there and then he can do it now with us and in this story you have a lady that's really bound up by sickness now the issue could have been anything but the issue for her was this Blood was leaving her body, and she had no control over it. So a power was working within her that she had no ability to control. Something was ruling over her that she had no rule over. A very real issue, completely out of control, completely out of the control, not of her, but all of the others that she met too. Let's read it. Luke 8, 43... And a woman having an issue of blood, 12 years, right? So this isn't just a week, two weeks, three weeks. It isn't a habit for a year or two. This is something that's very aggressive, a power at work within her that was dominating her life, controlling her present and her future. She had an issue of blood for 12 years, which she had spent all of her living upon Physicians, neither could be healed of any. Then she came from, behind. Is that, is that the right scripture there? Is that a jump? Okay, then she came from behind him and touched the border, this is talking about Jesus, and touched the border of his garment and immediately her flow of blood stopped. Jesus said, who touched me? When all denied it, Peter and those with him said, Master, the multitudes throng and press you and and you say, who touched me? But Jesus said, somebody touch me. For I perceived power going out from me. Now when the woman saw that she was not hidden, she came trembling and falling down before him and declared to him, in the presence of all the people, the reason she had touched him and how she was healed immediately. He said to her, daughter, be of good cheer. Your faith has made you well go in peace. Amazing story. Absolutely fantastic. This woman's got an issue of blood for 12 years. A power is reigning over her that she has no control over. She's being ruled. She's not in the position of ruling. She's, being, she's in the position of being ruled. Being dominated by something that she cannot set herself free from. For her, it was an issue of blood. Blood was leaving her body. What's your issue? What's your issue? What's the issue that's ruling over you? What's the issue that brings you down, that causes you pain or shame or guilt? What is the issue? For her, it was an issue of blood. That issue of blood isolated her, estranged her from company around. That issue of blood enclosed her from from the community in which she lived. She was isolated. She was a prisoner by what was ruling over her. But whom the sun sets free is free indeed. This woman went everywhere. She sought everyone. She went everywhere, sought everyone. She spent all she had. That's what we read. And grew worse. Do you know, this testimony and situation is not just isolated to a story and a testimony in the Bible that happened hundreds of years ago this is happening every day. People are plagued by issues of life. People are plagued by situations, internal situations, external situations that they cannot set themselves free from. They're being ruled over. They're they're under the heel of, of something that they cannot set themselves free from. And I'm telling you, you go and you see, you check it out. People will go everywhere, they will go to everyone, they will spend all they have and they will grow worse. They will grow worse. They'll go to the doctor for tablets. And listen, I'm not decrying any of those things. They will use all of the means that our world offers. Come to me. I have an answer for your problem. Come to me. I have an, a, an answer for your pain. Come to me. I have an answer for your addiction. Come to me. I have an answer for your relationship, for your marriage, for why you're failing. I have an answer for the fears of your mind. I have an answer for the loneliness in your heart. And people go here, there and everywhere. And you know what? They spend all they have, whether it's their time, their energy, their commitment, even to the point of their money, they're so desperate and what happens at the end of it all, they grow worse. They grow worse. Why? Because there is only one that can set you free. His name is Jesus. And I'm telling you now, he rose from the dead so that he could still do it today as he did back then, my friends. Jesus, he's awesome. We will praise only one name in this place. My God, he's awesome. Jesus sets us free. 12 years, Now the law of that land, very different to the law of our day. If she wanted to go down the street, if she wanted to go out into public, she'd have to shout, unclean, unclean, so that everybody in front of her, around her, and behind her would scatter because she was seen. As diseased and sinful and shameful. She had to announce her pain publicly. Something that was privately happening in her life and in her body. She had to announce it publicly to everybody. Otherwise she would be stoned. Otherwise she wasn't even allowed out in public. What an awful predicament to live with. What an awful situation to have. To be ruled over something that you were never born To undergo. The law condemned her. The law confined her. The law couldn't do anything with her. I'm going to turn over a new leaf. I'm going to obey the Ten Commandments. Oh my God, don't do that. Don't do that. You really will find out how bad you are. The law is the answer. The law. The law of Moses. The law of Mount Sinai. That God spoke. That he inscribed on on two tablets of stone. The law is the answer for a better life. The law will bring me to a place of freedom. No, the law will just simply reveal how sinful I am. How. Unable I am to conquer this inner power called sin that I have no ability to, to reign over other than being freed and renewed in life by Christ. The law won't do anything. Don't turn over another leaf. Run to the Savior. Run to the Savior. The law couldn't do anything for her. The law condemned her. The law... The law uh, labeled her as sinful. But love, you see, set her free. She said, in another account, I think it's in Mark's gospel or John's gospel, before Jesus actually set her free, it says, she kept saying to herself, she just kept saying to herself, if I may but just touch the hem of his garment. I shall be made whole. If I can just get to Jesus, I will be free. I've gone to everybody else. She, she'd been everybody else's experiment, friends. It's amazing how people will experiment with your life if you go and ask them for help sometimes listen I'm not against asking people to help I think we should help each other but whatever you do be careful the advice that you receive because sometimes that's untested advice and you just become an experiment for somebody else to try their advice on and you become a miserable failure and they haven't done anything this woman was an experiment to every doctor and every physician that she met and she grew worse Sometimes the worst counsel that you can receive is counsel from another person. Believe me, you need a word from God. You need Jesus to intervene and to come into the situation and set you free. She, she discounted all of the 12 years that had gone by as futile, and she said, I'm going to go to Jesus. That's who I'm going to go to because if I touch the hem of his garment, I'll be made whole. She goes in the crowd. She takes the hold of the corner of his garment, representing his finished work. Suddenly, immediately, without even talking to Jesus, without even hearing any advice from him, there was no instruction. There wasn't a to-do list. There wasn't, you know, a behavioral modification program that she had to enlist on. She didn't have to, you know, go on his Facebook or, you know, Instagram him or any of that stuff. Instantaneously, by touching the hem of his garment, an expression of her faith, she's free. Twelve years of problem, twelve years of growing worse, twelve years of deteriorating. Suddenly, she's got a new life. She's free Now she's not being ruled over by something that she has no power over. Jesus has set her free and she is ruling and reigning over that which was bringing her down and causing her to grow worse. That's what freedom is. And it wasn't a theory. It wasn't a set of, you know, rules. It wasn't advice given from Jesus. It was free indeed. It came into a present day experience. That's the Christ that we serve, friends. I'm telling you, if you're bound today by any addiction, if you are bound today by any emotion or any habit, it has no right to stay in your life. None at all. We're not going to be condemned if it is there, right? We're just going to celebrate and just, just keep, just keep. Your eyes on Jesus, the author and the finisher of your faith. He'll work it out. And she's she set free immediately. Jesus, knowing this, said, who's touched me? I'm going to ask the musicians to come up. We're going to close. Who's touched me, disciples, as ever? Jesus is on one plane of life, they're on another plane of life. Their their feet firmly fixed and anchored into the ground. Who's touched you, Jesus? Look at the multitude around you. But you see, nobody was drawing on him, everybody was content with their little life, confined in the cage. Suddenly a woman comes out of the cage by faith. She takes a hold. She brings the power of God from another world into her world. Now she's ruling. Now she's reigning over that which had ruled and reigned over her. She's got a brand new life. And Jesus recognizes that somebody had drawn on the power of heaven through him. And she's set free. And he turns around looking at who's drawn from him. Who's drawn on this life? Are you going to be that one that goes from this place that says, I'm not content with my life the way it is. I'm not happy with my habits. I'm not happy with the way that I've been behaving. I'm not happy with these attitudes. Are you going to take responsibility for your life where you are and say, do you know what? I'm going to do something with my life. It's not going to just be a degraded experience. It's not just going to be a spiral in 12-year experience where I go from bad to worse to out of control to chaotic. No, I'm going to take authority. I'm going to believe God's word and I'm going to use my faith to draw on another power, the power of heaven, the kingdom of God, and it's going to rule and reign and it's going to give me power and life to rule over anything that's trying to reign over me. Are you going to be that person like this woman was? So many in that crowd that day didn't draw on his power. Hey, Jesus, nice to see you again. Still making the chairs, Jesus. Yeah, still making the chairs. Still making, you know, what you do, the little fishing lines and the rods. And good carpenter that, Jesus. Yeah, to many, he was that good carpenter. But I'm telling you now, to others, he gave the right to become the sons of God. To ever who believed on him. And a son is free. Let's be those people. Not just those minglers in the crowd. But the ones that get serious with him. That take a hold. Of everything. That he wants to dispense. He dispenses. Power. He dispenses freedom. He dispenses life. He dispenses whatever you need. He really does. What do you need? Whatever you ask in my name, he said. That will I do that the Father may be glorified. Ask anything. Well, do you do drugs, Jesus? Do you solve addictions? Oh, yeah. I'm good at addictions. Jesus, can you set me free from alcohol? Yeah, funny enough, I can. Don't worry about it. Jesus, can you set me free from, you know, these thoughts in my mind, these habits that I have? Now you should ask, of course I can. Whatever, whatever you ask in my name. But you've got to ask. Don't stand in your sink in pride. You know, like the crowd did, not drawing on his power. It was a humiliating thing for that woman to go behind him. It was a humiliating thing for that woman to get down on her knees and hide in the crowd and reach out. But it was also a powerful thing. It was also a direct thing. It was also a demanding thing. I am going to touch his garment. She pressed through. Hallelujah. You're free. Free indeed. Draw on him. Through your faith. Draw on him not living in that little box anymore. You're not living in that cage anymore. The hand of the Father. The loving, gracious hand. He's got too much for you to experience. Too many wonders. He'll do exceedingly abundantly above all that you ask or think. He's not coming into the cage. He busts the cage open. His hand's coming in to bring you out. And you're going to fly and you're going to be free I declare it in the name of Jesus. You're going to soar and you're going to do all of the things that he's called you to do. Lord, I thank you in Jesus' name for your people. I thank you for your people. Amen. Next week, I'm going to give you four ingredients necessary for a miracle. You want a miracle? Four simple ingredients. Couldn't get to it today. But next week, there's four ingredients in every miracle in the Bible. Did you know that? Four little stages, simple stages to guarantee a miracle, to guarantee God's involvement, God's attention, God's power. Four simple little things that's required in order for the power of God to go into operation. For the miracle of God. Seen it in our own lives. You've seen it in yours, but you may not recognize. I'm going to show you them next week. This morning, you may be here and you may never have asked Jesus into your heart. The Bible says he knocks at the door of our life. Knocks at the door of our heart. And he just simply wants us to open the door so he can come in. It doesn't get any harder than that. I'm gonna give you an opportunity to do that right now. You say, but I don't want him to come into my heart. Because I know what's in the rooms of my life. I know what's upstairs and I know what's in the cupboards, and everything inside is a bit of a mess. Listen, Jesus doesn't care, man. I think he's bothered about that? He died on a cross because he loves you. I'm not bothered about that. He'll help you, you know. He'll help you tidy your life up, wash it clean, and you'll be a magnificent trophy of his grace. If you would like to ask Jesus into your heart, I'm going to pray with you right now. Let's close our eyes. Lord Jesus, say this after me. Lord Jesus, I ask you to come into my heart right now Like I would invite a guest into my home and open the door. I invite you into my life. I believe that you died. I believe that you're alive. And I want you in. I want you in my life. Forgive me of my sin, I pray. Amen. Now while eyes are closed, if you prayed that prayer, Something wonderful has just happened in your life. The Prince of Peace lives in you. And if you prayed that prayer, I'd love to talk to you after. Chat with me, chat with Faye, chat with one of our welcome team. We've got a little book we want to give you if you prayed that prayer. And listen, just keep coming. Just keep coming. Just keep enjoying His presence and His grace. We want to hook you up. We're going to sing. Come on, church, let's stand to our feet. Oh, just one other thing, one other thing. Just look, this isn't a big thing, right? But um, you may be here this morning and you've been hearing voices and it's not the voice of Jesus. And the reason why you've been hearing voices is because of some stuff you've done in the past with a Ouija board. Well, just lift your hands up. Jesus is going to set you free right now. And do you know what? You're not going to hear those voices anymore. You're going to hear the one voice. The voice that's going to bring you courage. The voice that's going to, you know, enrich you. The voice that's going to direct you through life. You're not going to hear all those ugly voices anymore in your head or in your ear. You're going to hear the one voice that's going to save you. So let's lift our hands up. If that's you, lift your hands up too. Because that thing goes now. In the name of Jesus we thank you for it and praise you. Jesus name! Thank you Jesus! Woo-hoo!